Well, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for being on the Feed Your Yoga podcast. This is Gabe from Gabe Yoga, and today I get to be with Sean. And Sean's a very good friend and an old student of mine. And I'm going to let Sean say a few words introducing himself real quick. He's got his young son with him. So, Sean, why don't you give us at least your son's name and how old he is now? Oh, my son is Connor. He's five months old. And he might decide to interrupt this conversation, but we'll see how it goes. Or you might hear a few little laughter notes going on in the background. I love it. I hope we get a little bit of that happening here. I hope so. He's a good kid. Yeah. That's beautiful. And five months, so that's a fresh new dad. You get some sleep? Um, I mean, is that a trick question? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. All dads out there know that is a fact, and all moms know it even better than a dad. That's that's definitely true. Definitely so, true. so I'm start, I'm really excited that we get to have another session with a male yoga teacher. And again, we're presenting male yoga teachers for the first 100 because I, as a male teacher. I've seen that there are so many women teachers and incredible, so many women practitioners. And I think that some of the consequences and challenges that we see in the yoga world can be at least framed from the avenue of a male yoga teacher since there's, there's a lot less male teachers out there. So, Sean, as, as a male teacher, what are some of the challenges that you have experienced? Oh, man. Um... I don't know. I, I, I could I, I could make this conversation heavy, but I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I definitely ran into just the sensitivity. Um, you know, obviously, um, it's not just that there's a lot of female yoga teachers, but it's, it's heavily dominated by females. And I try to be very sensitive of the perception that male teachers have. And there's certainly been a lot of male teachers that I feel like have hurt that perception. Um, and so I just try to be as respectful as possible to, you know, the women in my class and try to show them respect. But, you know, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of my male friends deal with some unnecessary drama due to just being a male teacher in this in this uh, world. And so Let me ask you, would you say that some of these challenges were based on physical attraction from students to you or from teachers to students? Um, yeah, that could definitely happen. I mean, usually uh, I would say, you know, I like obviously, okay, so Emily was, she's my girl and I, I love her dearly and we met. Uh, at a yoga studio and she was applying for a job there but she came and took a few of my classes and and we hit it off and it was a it was a good experience but um there's definitely like a need to be sensitive of who i am a male teaching yoga surrounded by uh, a lot of women <laughs> and a lot of attractive women so it's it's important to just I guess be mindful of that and um, like I said you know just even you know I teach primarily Ashtanga we do a lot of adjustments as you know and 
you know, putting your hands on students. You've got to be sensitive to the perception that that might carry. No, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. So I already heard your answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How do you deal with that, with those um, challenges that are either based on attraction, either from or towards a student? You know, I just try to be really honest with myself. And um, I guess with with the boundaries of of... of I don't know. I guess there's a lot of nuance in there. <laughs> you know, it's it's catered from the relationship to relationship, and there certainly needs, needs to be boundaries. Luckily, I think that I'm pretty clear about who I am, and I don't normally have to deal with drama because I think that's the I think that's the secret to dealing with stress is just being really true to yourself. And if you are, people see who you are, and they don't. It that struggle just kind of bounces off of you. It, it doesn't become a a huge deal, you know. Whereas, I guess I see a lot of teachers who struggle with their own identity, uh, male teachers included, and they're the ones that usually attract a lot of negative attention. And I think knowing who you are and being really true to yourself really, really makes makes it easier. And I, I, no, really I love feel that. like as a teacher, I don't deal with a lot of a lot of stress like that. I love it. I love how you said it that about being true to yourself, which is the essence of yoga. So when did, would you say you started your practice? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so I've struggled with that question throughout the past because you're not the first and you certainly won't be the last. Uh, my dad was ex-military. And he used to yell at me, you know, be present, be focused. <laughs> and I think at some point, you know, that that really started to stick with me. I didn't really know what it was or, or as I think the conversation you and I had years ago, it wasn't that I didn't, that I, that I wasn't practicing yoga. It's just that I didn't have a vocabulary for what I was experiencing. And yoga gave me that vocabulary. So I don't know when the transition happened. Um, certainly uh, just sort of an organic uh, experience from being a gymnast and a martial artist and then a rock climber. And then I think looking for a way to move my body differently, I found yoga. And then I started to realize that they had a language for these things that I was experiencing. That's really cool. I love it. When would you say you first found the vocabulary, the language? Um, I think it first became really clear to me when, um, this might, this might sound a little corny, but it, it might've been in one of your classes. Um, going through that teacher training years ago uh, and having a lot of those conversations that we had and even when we would hang out afterwards, it started to open some doors about different ways of communicating, you know, like I said, the, the phenomenon that I was experiencing with other forms. And 
it's certainly not that I wasn't exploring a different vocabulary, but I don't think it was quite so coherent as what I was receiving from yoga. No, I love it. I mean, I experienced the same thing. I wasn't even searching for yoga in per, per se. And then I found myself wanting to understand how Tom Robbins came up with the ideas for Jitterbug Perfume. And when I came home with a book, Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, it suddenly opened a sense of a vocabulary to experiences that I've had either spontaneously or via substances or via social interactions. So it's interesting to hear you say a, sim a very similar thing. Would you say yeah. that that inspired you to become a teacher? Or what did inspire you to become a teacher? Yeah, uh, I would say that that partially inspired it. I, I feel like in some vein or some way, in some avenue of my life, um, for, for instance, I'm looking at making a future a future business and I'm trying to be very patient with it because I want it to be done sort of the way that my vision is and I I guess coming down to being true to yourself but I, I guess I, I realized that I've been given these weird collection of talents that has always sort of directed me towards having a teacher's spirit and I didn't necessarily know that what I was meant to be teaching was yoga. And maybe that's, that's still not what I'm meant to be teaching. I don't know, but it just seems like an organic fit to these collection of skills that I have collected over the years and experiences I've had over the years all seem to fit into this convenient little experience that I'm having now with my students and it just feels it just feels very organic it feels very natural to be where I'm at not to have something that feels like is set in motion is the beauty of what Krishna tells Arjuna in regards to karma meaning the work that we do is is we were we should feel that we're born into it it doesn't mean Absolutely. that it's going to stay exactly the same for the rest of Absolutely. our lives but if at the moment you're feeling that you're at your purpose and giving your gifts, there's got to there's gotta be no better feeling than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I've been I've been very blessed and very happy to be where I'm at. And I've, I've really, I can't say that I haven't had my doubts. Uh, most of the time it comes at the expense of dealing with external stresses. And I think that's something that yoga is really, brought to my attention um, that now I identify that it's not really my doubts. It's something else. It's, it's some other stress in my life. And, and because of that, I feel like my pathway is a little more clear and I don't really question where I'm at. And it makes, it makes removing obstacles a lot easier. It's not the magic of yoga. Absolutely. So would you say that are you a full-time teacher or do you have a way to supplement your income with other sources? Like maybe you publish a book, maybe you do teacher training. I heard you talk about rock climbing. I know that you do photography. Uh, I do photography. It is not by any stretch of the imagination my main income. Um, I would say that yoga is 
able to sustain me um, and my family, uh, which again, I feel really blessed that that's possible because, you know, I think you know what a struggle this industry can be. And with the plethora of brand new teachers that are produced every month. um, And I think that, again, that comes down to being like really true to yourself and and being willing to put in the time for self-study and, and being the best that you know you can be uh, and learning the material the best you know you can learn it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's my primary income. Uh, I currently don't teach teacher trainings. I am planning on doing a mastery program, but not really considering it a teacher training. Um, and I do the occasional workshops and things like that and teaching Sedona sometimes or Flagstaff and do do some programs there but by no means is that's that's more like a bonus in my life just to have the opportunity to share some of the things that I've learned along the way with some new people that's awesome so what what would you say your practice consists of um, well, I kind of nerd out about this stuff. So I practice, usually do my Ashtanga practice in the morning. Uh, I run a small Mysore program out of my house. Nice. And I help out with another Mysore program in the valley. And usually sometime later on in the afternoon, I... I'm working on my own body movements and other practices that I really enjoy doing, be it climbing or some more gymnastic type type work. And, uh, and then I usually teach more more classes in the evening. That sounds like a really cool lifestyle. Oh, I love it. So what would you tell your earlier self about making it in the yoga world today? Um, man, I don't know. I, I guess I, I wish that I would have found yoga earlier, but then, then again, who, who in this world doesn't wish that? Right. (laughs) Um, and just sort of the revelations that it's given me, but I don't know. Like, I feel like the pathway of yoga is an organic one. And certainly you could wish that you could go back and share all of these wonderful things that you have learned through the yogic process with your younger self. Then I think it would kind of negate the experience. Um, Because to me, I think the experience is the gift. And I think if you can embrace that, then you find joy rather quickly in your life. And I guess I'm just still in that phase where I realize that, you know, maybe I'm on a different side of the spectrum, but um, I'm still on this pathway and I don't know where it's going to end up. I just keep coming to my mat and keep enjoying what I'm doing. And um, that's all I can do. I, I think, I think maybe one thing I would try to share with myself is to, to fear less sooner. Like, I feel like I'm a lot less fearful now than I was back then. 
And so maybe, maybe that would be something I would try to convince myself of is to just go, go at it without fear. If this is what you love and this is your passion, then, then ride your passion. I love how you said that because, you know, one of the Upanishads says that when you see yourself in all other beings and you see other beings in yourself, then all fear disappears. And while that's a Upanishad, which is a more philosophical, poetic way of talking about yoga, I think it reflects back to Patabi Joyce um, when he said 99% practice, 1% theory. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in summary, what I heard you say is that practice is really the avenue of making it. And if we can start practice earlier, that's fantastic. But wherever you are, if you really want to make it, quote unquote, in the yoga world, you just have to practice. What would you have to say about that? You know, I'm I'm reading this wonderful book right now. Um, it's it's about gymnastic movement. Uh, and would you give us the title and the name, if you don't mind? Would yeah, you give us the title yeah. of the book and the author. Yeah, no problem. Um, the title of the book is called Overcoming Gravity, and it's by Stephen Lowe. And I think for anybody really interested in understanding uh, body movement, it might be a really interesting read. Um, but one thing he talks about is uh, there's no perfect there's no perfect exercise. It, the, the best exercise is the one that you do, and it really resonated with me because I think that's a very you'll get concept in a very sort of like I guess how karma works and how Patabi Joyce illustrates. You know, he always used to advocate just doing it. He didn't he didn't really advocate workshops and overthinking and overanalyzing things. He just he just expected you to come to your mat every morning and put in the time. And I I think that if you if you come to your mat every day and it's not an all or nothing thing, you know, sometimes you don't feel good. Sometimes you're sick. Sometimes your baby keeps you awake all night. You come to your mat and you do what you can. And it, exactly. And it counts. It absolutely counts. And it's in those moments that it teaches you the most. It's not when we feel good and we feel 100% and we feel great and everything in life is fantastic that yoga teaches us the most. So it's important that we make that, that journey when we struggle with it the most. And so I, I guess I always resonated with Ashtanga's just do it mentality. And it's really brought a lot of, it's strengthened my faith in a lot of things on this journey. Not just yoga, but knowing that I'm on the right path or knowing that even though I'm on a yoga teacher's salary, I can still take care of this lovely child and make things work, you know? Yeah. I know. It's, it's incredible for me to hear how actual, real, teachers, um, both taking the practice day by day, as well as communicating the effects of that practice in their day-to-day -day life. And yes, you articulated about Ashtanga, which is right. Ashtanga, unlike other practices, is a self-responsibility, get on the mat and just do the sun citation. As David Swenson likes to say, you know, just, just do sun citation A, 
Suri Namaskar A and Nancy. And if all you did was Suri Namaskar A, you still got a lot. And Absolutely. any practitioner who actually gets up and does it regularly knows that. You know, I'm about to run a 30-day sun salutation challenge just to show people that just the simple sun salutation practice is really all you need from a physical point of view to structure your body, organize your mind, so that when challenges in your day-to-day -day life, consequences with new babies, loss of a job, uh, and then again, we're going to age, so a loss of a family member. When life brings you the more darker periods, your practice continues to remind you of what the Upanishads say again, that the joy we come from. We come from joy. We live because of joy. And we're going to go back to joy. Would that be a way to rephrase what you just said? Yes, definitely. Uh, I often end my class with uh, reminding people that the ability to come to their mat is, is the gift. You know, being alive and being here and being a part of this experience, that's, that's a gift. And I think if we can remind ourselves of that, we, we connect to that joy a lot easier. Yes, you said it. So what would you say some of the challenges in your mind that yoga teachers, new yoga teachers, are facing today? Oh, boy. Um, I think that young yoga teachers that are coming out of a small yoga teacher training program somewhere uh, need to remind themselves that there's thousands of years of that go along with yoga and thousands of minds and thousands of people that have, have brought this wonderful experience to, uh, to us. And if they can do that and they can respect that and they can continue to seek information and personify what it means to be the ultimate student of this practice, then that'll make them a great teacher. Um, so I guess be careful not to be complacent and to just to to just make sure that you show this practice the respect that it, it really deserves. So how in your mind would you see challenges to students in today's market? Um I think that it's it's hard to know if you're training with the right person when it comes to uh, when it comes to yoga, you know, I've, I've been talking with my my friend John, who's a yoga teacher, and he's going back for his master's degree right now because he wants to start working on research to help bring yoga to the people that it really really matters that can really really benefit them and doing research that helps change the perception of yoga out there for people because i do think a lot of people are caught up in still the very tip of the iceberg when it comes to yoga and there's nothing wrong with that per se but i think that it's hard it's it's easy to be caught up in that illusion and so i think it's really important for a young student of this practice of any yoga practice to really 
go out there and see what's available, sample the teachers and meet them all and talk to them and get to know them and don't just go into the yoga space and, and do the class and then leave, but actually engage with your teacher and, you know, take the time to understand the deeper meanings of what's, what's going on and find a teacher that's willing to, not only willing, but is also competent enough or, or a student themselves enough that they can share with you the experience. And, you know, I, th- I think that's really important. I guess I see a lot of yoga students coming in and they get to their mat and they do their practice and then they, they cut out and leave. And, you know, maybe as teachers, we can do more to encourage them to be more engaged in the experience. But uh, I think as a student, when you come into a new space, it just does better to try to take the time to get to know that space and get to know the people that run that space. That's awesome. I love that tip. That's a great tip. Um. So as we wind down, let me ask you, do you have three tips that you might share with new teachers as they embark coming out of their, I mean, I heard a few, but I don't want to summarize some of the things that you said. So I might, I'm just going to put it out in a more specific, maybe you have three tips that if someone's coming out of teacher training or is coming back into teaching that you might share with them. Continue, continue your studies. Um, self-study, svadhyaya. Self-study is really, yeah, really important. Uh, I guess that brings up another point, like try to try to live the practice as best you can. Um, so really live it. So self-study, actually live the practice, embody it in your day-to-day life. Sure. And, uh, you know, it brings up another point, I guess. Don't be, don't be afraid. If this is your passion, write it. Don't don't consume yourself with fear or doubt. You only get that one or two classes. Like keep keep at it. Keep meeting new people. Keep reaching out there. Keep keep going. And I think if people if people can see your passion and they can see that it's truly coming from a genuine place, they're going to start gravitating towards you, and you'll have nothing to worry about. That's awesome. So would you say, I mean, some of those tips seem to me that they're both for a beginner and an advanced teacher or a seasoned teacher, but would you have anything you might want to share with a seasoned teacher, someone who's been teaching for a while in your mind? Um, I guess it becomes more pertinent to explore new things. I think a seasoned teacher can become complacent easier. Because mm. they feel like maybe they've seen it all or done it all. Mm. Um, and maybe their teachings become stagnant because they're not willing to explore new things. Good point. And they're not really. As a yoga teacher, we have to do that. We have to challenge our perception of things. That's how we uncover, that's how we uncover the illusions. And if we don't challenge our perception, then we get caught back up in ignorance. That's dangerous. That's dangerous for us. That's dangerous for our students. Exactly. And surround yourself by people that are willing to have that conversation with you. Who are willing to tell you or to challenge you in some way. I I think it just makes you a better teacher. 
No, I love it. I love it. You, you hit, that's the, one of the reasons I started this podcast to create these kind of conversations. So, and as your son is bringing a conversation, let me ask you this last question. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Any tips, insights in either traveling or teaching? Oh, man. No, I feel like we touched on a lot. Uh, I definitely would like to see more men teaching and practicing. <laughs> um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so hopefully this can reach out to some people out there that think that this practice is only for women and inspire them to come to their mat and be a part of it and and see the magic and the joy that it brings. That brings life, like the life that is making sounds right there in the background. Go, Connor. Yeah. I wish I wish that these were, were laughter noises for you. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, a, a, a baby's sound is the laughter and the joy because it's the sound that they're making. Now, I really Absolutely. want to get you to tell us the information, but your son is obviously going to occupy a little bit more. If you think you can <laughs> sneak in your website or information, throw it out here. Obviously, the links are going to be in the in the in the blog post with a podcast right below so that anyone listening can go and click on it but if you really quickly want to tell people how they can find you where where you might want to be found why don't you tell them that i mean I, well the best way to find me is probably just sean Sheldon on facebook or um mindful ascension yoga on facebook so that's sean sheldon s-e-a-n-s-h-e-l-d-o-n dot com C-O-N, yep yep c-o-n so mm-hmm. that's sean shelton.com and again that link's going to be on the bottom and you have a facebook.com slash your name sean shelton yeah that's correct and then mindful ascension yoga on facebook as well oh okay mindful ascension on yoga.com awesome so we're going to have all those links for the facebook pages for sean and sean's website for everyone to be able and if you're in if you're in Phoenix, Scottsdale area, you got to go and check out Sean's teaching. He's teaching, right, you're teaching around the valley as well as Mesa in your home? Yeah, I teach in Chandler, I teach in Mesa, I teach in Phoenix, I teach all over. I love it. So Sean and Connor, I really want to thank you guys for choosing to join me on this podcast call. I really learned a lot. So Sean, I really want to thank you for your time and some of these great insights. I believe that any of the listeners who stayed up until now are really taking some great value, and especially what you said about conquering fears. I mean, the biggest thing that yoga, I believe, helps people is just step beyond this limitations that we believe exist. And I think you touched on that a lot, so I really want to thank you. Well, I want to I want to thank you for reaching out to me. Um, it's been a while since you and I have talked, and I've always really valued your your insight into things, and it, it was initially what inspired me i think on my path so i want to thank you for that opportunity and for for reaching out to me for this it's been it's been fun awesome well to all the listeners thank you again for being here the links will be down below and i can't wait for you to join us in the next week in the next podcast sean connor you guys have an awesome day thank you bye